The Chad Cobbick Podcast Network. Two Angry Men. A podcast featuring a legendary baseball player and a legendary sports broadcaster. Two Angry Men. And now here's your hosts, Chad Cobbick and Denny McLean. Yes, two very angry men. He is uh, Denny McLean up in Motown Baseball's last 30-game winner, and there will never be a 30-game winner again. And Chet Kopik, yours truly the legendary broadcast pioneer right here in Chicago, uh, a legend in my own mind. Uh, this is just too easy. This is just too easy, my man. You knew that Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, guys who normally get involved with high-profile African-Americans, weren't going to go anywhere near Tiger Woods. So guess who emerges out of the weeds? Uh, Pop Eater learns that Oprah Winfrey has called Tiger Woods herself to offer him advice and comfort. Literal translation, Tiger, please come on my television show. True or false? Well, absolutely. You knew that was going to happen. What's she going to do, tell him how to eat? I mean, is that what this is all about? <laughs> this has got nothing to do with Oprah at this point in time, folks. Listen, let me say this to you. Um, I don't know how much more we can take of this, although every night I look for a new new flash of some kind. But this is what really gets me. Tiger has no balls, literally no balls. This, And you know what? You always hear about, and please don't anybody take this the wrong way. I'm only talking about Tiger. But you also hear about children that come from a marriage with one child. This is the perfect example of a spoiled brat from the age he was four on Johnny Carson or whatever show he appeared on. Yeah, Mike No balls, only child, mommy's boy. And who do you think was at the accident when it happened? Mommy and mommy-in-law and the wife, of course, swinging that two-iron. Now, you know, I'll tell you one thing. If she can break them car windows, she's pretty good. But I'll tell you what. He is... He has now given in to her in every which way but up and down. But but here, this is what really disturbs me. No guts. Just no guts. Stand up. Come out of your shell. Here's a guy that just a couple of years ago said to Michael Vick, he's got to be contrite and honest, and he needs to come out earlier than later to explain the issues. Isn't this the – I mean – Please help me here. Please say something to me because now Gloria Aldred is involved. I will. You know there's now you know there's big money being exchanged here with Gloria out there now. So now we got more trouble from Gloria, who's going to get her pound of flesh, her pound of money, and these girls are all going to be taken care of pretty well. God bless them. I mean, they maybe maybe he didn't pay him when he was supposed to. Maybe it's time to to come up to the table now. Well, Mac, uh, two different angles that uh, nobody's talking about. Number one. Tiger is worried about his wife checking out his cell phone numbers, uh, whipped with a capital W. Number two, my buddy Lester Munson, legal expert from uh, ESPN, we were talking about Kobe Bryant, sexual assault out in Eagle, Colorado a few years back. And by the way, Munson will tell you there was more evidence to convict Kobe Bryant in Colorado than there was to convict Mike Tyson in Indiana. But what did Bryant do? Bryant got a hold of his wife had the press conference at Staples Center in Los Angeles, confronted the issue head-on, didn't use the spin masters. All the spin masters have done with their flowery rhetoric is make Tiger look even worse and look look like, in my opinion, a bona fide outright liar to the American public. Yeah, you know what, you're right. Uh, Kobe come off as a scumbag. 
but at least he got off his ass, went out and had the had the press conference. He looked like a buffoon. He looked like a fool. He looked like a guilty man. But you're right about one thing. Once he shared whatever information, and whether whether we believe anything or not, I don't know. Listen, there's nothing worse than being accused of being a rapist. I mean, and she was a young, young girl. Yeah, maybe a little bit older mentally, but she was still only 19 or 20 years old. She had no business being there, but you know what? Somebody said that she had no business being there, but you know what? She worked in a hotel. That was her job, to do what she was helping him do, whatever the hell he wanted done. Certainly not to sleep with him or have her have him jump on her. But you're absolutely right. And and what I don't understand, you got to help me with this one too, big boy. Kobe <laughs> Bryant is now getting major endorsements again. Do any of these, with all due respect, do these companies have conscience or not? No, I don't they understand don't. It. Denny, they don't. If you can sell product, if you can sell sneakers, I mean, short of being uh, uh, convicted of murder one, you're yeah. fine. Now, uh, once again, it goes back to the point we made about Kobe Bryant showed contrition. He won an NBA title. He led the league in scoring. Therefore, he is legitimate. In the case of Tiger Woods, you know what? I think things are going to be a little bit different because Tiger has been on this very lofty pedestal. I'm going to be very curious when he begins playing PGA Tour golf in January. How the galleries react to Tiger Woods? Are you always going to hear the, you know, the, the chance of go Tiger and, you know, uh, you the man? My feeling is there's there's going to be a part of the public that's going to be very dismissive of Tiger Woods. But you know what? Hey, enough of Tiger because I want to move on to something that really. Let me finish. Let me let me finish this because right. uh, I, I, I disagree with you for one reason. Unless he does not win golf tournaments, he will still be cheered. His butt will be kissed in any number of ways, uh, and he'll continue to do what he's doing. Listen, just because he got caught doesn't mean he's going to stop. I also suggest to you, uh, like I said earlier, that these girls have been paid. But the wife is getting millions. What she did, she could have gone to jail for. Literally, she could have been charged with a felony. And uh, so he's, he took her off the hook to some degree. But, man, for taking her off the hook uh, and giving her, I guess, 5 to $10 million just to go out there and do what she's going to do, boy, that's serious wrong. And, uh, you know, I, I will say this, too, my friend. I mean, thank God them damn cell phones weren't around when I was playing ball, too. Oh, I mean, we've all, made our, we've all made our share of mistakes in our life. But, uh, but this is – and I'm going to tell you, here, I leave you with this parting shot here at Tiger. Ladies and gentlemen, where are the pictures? You know they're coming. Denny, number one, the pictures are coming. Number two, anybody who thinks this story is dead is yeah. nuts. There are going to be other babes. This story may go on ad infinitum, ad nauseum. But this story, I guarantee you, is not done. Yep. All right, you know what? Here's one our test. NBA journeyman, one hell of a ball player, a lot of demons, a lot of, uh, you know, Issues, you recall the Palace of Auburn Hills, the fight in the stands, suspended for a full year when he was a member of the uh, Indiana Pacers. Now he says, hey, guess what? During half times when I played for the Chicago Bulls, I was sipping uh, Hennessy. Well, my first reaction is this. NBA basketball players sweat like dogs, for God's sakes. You know, if you were sweating and you're playing NBA basketball and you've got booze, are you going to tell me that your coach, the coaches, the referee, uh, even fans in the 15th row aren't going to recognize the smell of alcohol. This is just Ron Artest playing. Hello, Ron Artest. Chet, I played with guys in the 60s and early 70s that were stone-cold alcoholics. Um, 
some of them wrote about themselves in books. Uh, one was a very third, a very famous third baseman with Milwaukee who became a manager in Atlanta for a while. Uh, there were others. One of my roommates who was a shortstop couldn't hit very well. The reason he couldn't hit, hell, he was drunk all the time. Uh, but the bottom line is they played every day. They had flasks. Several of these guys had flasks on the bench and would sip between innings or even between pitches when they weren't playing and just sit there and enjoy the game and work on their tan during the day. I mean, you, you, people do not realize one thing. Those guys that you see on the playing field, baseball, football, basketball, golf, they're no different than anybody else. They have the same demons. They have the same issues. But the difference is this, and I know both sides of this. If you're going to have serious problems, it's better to have a lot of money when you have them than be some poor schmuck who winds up with all kinds of problems and doesn't have any money to fight them. I've been on both sides of that fence, and that is an awful way to go. These guys who we're talking about are multimillionaires who will get over this. They can go to, by the way, they all got health care. Uh, they will all be able to go to some kind of rehab. Now, the, you know, the biggest joke of all is that a Tiger is going to go to a, a rehab operation for over sex. Come on, man. I mean, he's anybody between 25 and 40 years old, for God's sakes, your your libido is, is flying off the scales oh. every day. I mean, every woman you look at, you want to lay down with. I mean, I mean, this is all BS. It's like this Dr. Drew or whatever the hell his name is. Dr. Phil? He needs to get a life. Don't, he don't just everybody's sex addicted, and I suspect that he gets off listening to all these people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in all the years I've known you, that might be the best line you ever delivered. <laughs> now listen, I've got. I, I can just see it now. Doctor Phil busted. Police say. Police say Phil is peeping Tom. Gets off oh, looking at other people. <laughs> I think Doctor Phil is pathetic. I, I, I just well, blame Oprah. Don't blame Doctor Phil for heaven's sakes. I, but but he he hasn't resigned. I just think it's it's morally reprehensible that he sits there and dwells in everybody else's disasters and horrible things that have happened in their life, and he actually can make jokes during it. That's what gets me. Anyway, let's move on. Well, Denny, uh, hold on, Denny Mac, for 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 one moment, because I want to bring up a point about baseball, your game. You know, I've been I've been covering this sport now for uh, almost forty years. Yeah. I have known more than my share of baseball drunks. And, yep. you know, is it going to shock the public, for example, if Kopik and McClain mentioned that, uh, you know, baseball players actually do have a lot of downtime. You get yep. done with the night game. You have a little uh, spread in the uh, locker room afterwards. Maybe you go out for a couple of belts. Maybe you have a cheeseburger. Maybe you have a late dinner. Then I've known a lot of guys who have a bottle of booze who go back to the room because, for heaven's sakes, you don't have to wake up until 1.30 in the afternoon when you're going to have pancakes lying in bed and you hop on the team bus at 3 o'clock. I've known more baseball drunks than you can shake a stick at. I'm glad you said you jumped on the on the team bus. I was not quite sure where, who you were hopping on. But well, um, that's only because uh, Ron Lafleur was unavailable. <laughs> uh, Ron was unavailable. Yeah, Ron had a great time while he was here too. Uh, I agree with you. There's one thing about a baseball player, and a baseball players probably have the worst. Um, they got a great lifestyle. Don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. They have the worst exposure to the elements as everybody. Oh, We're playing, we play 162 games a year. There's beer and booze in that clubhouse 162 times a year. There's all kinds of other gratuities, for the lack of the other term. 
And uh, there's all kinds of issues that they can deal with every day. And I'm telling you, there isn't a player that's played that hasn't had at least a little bit of a pimple. I don't care if it's all-star right fielders. I don't care if it's Hall of Fame or center fielders. Everybody's had an issue in their life. The difference is if you're able to, if you got a lot of money, you can control a lot of it. If you don't, of course, it becomes a, a, a disaster. Now, let me let me get to one other guy because this falls in the line of so stupid it's hard to believe. One of the greatest running backs in the NFL today is a guy by the name of Peterson with Minnesota. Right. Oh, this is. He gets caught speeding the other day, doing 109 miles an hour in his BMW. And he's not the stupid one. Wait till you hear who I've named as the most stupid guy of all time for that particular day. The coach, Childress. He says, well, he says, I don't know about it. He says, you know, it is what it is, and I try to stay out of the cops' way. They're not going to do anything about $109, 109 miles per hour, and he's the franchise? Oh, Denny, come on. Denny, don't be naive. I mean, you've been around this racket for 40-plus, for heaven's sakes. Adrian Peterson is their bread-and-butter running back. They're not going to do anything right now that would upset the apple cart. The Vikings and Brett Favre are having a majestic year. They can win a Super Bowl championship. Ziggy Wolf, the owner, isn't going to say a word to Adrian Peterson besides, AP, please, you know, keep the uh, keep the speedometer under 85, if you will. Brad Childress isn't going to say a word because you know why? In today's environment, as you know, they're, they're afraid of offending Adrian Peterson and disrupting clubhouse chemistry. Clubhouse chemistry. Speaking of clubhouse chemistry, ladies and gentlemen, the Las Vegas odds are last I checked. We're 77 to 1 that Mr. Iverson, who is now with Philadelphia, will finish the season. You want to talk about putting a clubhouse in, in, in total disarray? Listen, he did it here in Detroit. He did it in Memphis. He's done it everywhere he's gone. He did it in Denver. Everywhere he's gone, he creates trouble. Why anybody would take a chance other than they don't have to give him meal money because he lives there. Uh, the bottom line is I think this is the dumbest thing I've seen in a long time. Listen, the owner can spend his money any way he wants, but this is asking for what? A bomb to go off, and you know it will. Listen, hey, listen, this is the guy that does the rap with the most filthy language you've ever heard, carries a gun, and any other thing that you can think of. Stay out of his way, folks, because he's at the end of a career, and the career should have never ended the way it's ending. All right, I bet a guy today, uh, half a hundred, who's a, a big fan of Allen Iverson. I bet him a half a hundred, uh, Denny, that he will not finish the year with the Philadelphia 76ers. This will get to about game 65. The ball club will be rotten. He will... Uh, uh, have popped off a couple of times in the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer. He'll be pouting, and the ball club will just go ahead and wave him. And the guy who could have been the greatest small guard in the history of the NBA, yep. a spot normally reserved for Isaiah Lord Thomas, could have belonged to Allen Iverson. I'm going to say this, and, and people are going to say, you're looking for shock value. I'm not. Five years from now, maybe less, you're going to find this guy in a gutter. You're going to find him in a gutter. I just hope to God he's alive. But too. that's the kind of life he's living. I, uh, I, I There's not much more to say after that comment because uh, he's on a one-way road to a complete disaster. Um, and it's not, it isn't a money disaster. It's, it's not that good. It is just a taking his life 
and absolutely getting ready to ruin it. I, I think that's what he's doing. Somehow, someway, he must be the unhappiest man in the world making four, five, six million dollars a year. I mean, I just can't imagine. And, and again, like we talked earlier, all of us have demons. There's no question we all have demons. But boy, I want to tell you something. No one's been able to grab this kid. No one's ever been able to control this kid, no matter what the issues are. I mean, will we ever forget that famous press conference when he was when he didn't show up for practice? Man, never- we talking about practice. Yeah, we aren't I, even it, talking about a game. I, I'm the franchise player, and we're talking about practice. That and why bad. didn't that they really wasn't drug bad, test? You know? Why didn't they drug test him that day? Because they were afraid to. That's for right. Sakes. That's exactly right. You know what the problem with the uh, just, the games people play tragedy. today is? You know, back, back when you played, I'm not going to say the you know ball players and athletes weren't catered to to a certain extent because they always have been going back to the days of uh, uh, Red Grange for heaven's sakes. But we right. are in an environment today, Denny, where athletes. Honest to gosh, believe that the world is their oyster, and no matter what they do, it doesn't make a damn bit of difference. How about Lance Briggs, the linebacker here in Chicago? He cracks up his Lamborghini on the Kennedy Expressway. Make that the Edens. He just walks away, creates a phony story about how he got run off the road. What does the press do? press wanders up like a little bunch of, uh, uh, of orphans and accepts exactly what Lance Briggs says. This guy has knocked up three broads in the last 14 months. He's got three kids out of wedlock. He's making an absolute fortune playing football. Here is a guy who will be broke five or six years out of the, out of the NFL because he has no concept of what the real world is all about. It isn't the real world. You know what it's called? It's called responsibility. And anybody who goes out there and does three women – Three kids crashes his Lamborghini and, and then, and then starts cre- uh, describes this story and it's a complete blatant lie. Um, has got more issues than you and I have ever had, even combined, possibly. And man, I know I've had my share. But uh, here, this irresponsibility thing. Probably this thing eats at me more than anybody else. And he's not the only one in the NFL or the NBA or baseball or what have you that's got. Three wives and and three six eight kids. Uh, I, I mean, it it I am de- reprehend. It's repre- It's worse than reprehensible. It's it's a mortal sin. If you're Catholic, folks, you know what I'm talking about. And the bottom line here is, when something like that happens, he should be made to pay in gold. Take no chances. Grab his money now, because these kids will starve. And and Chester, you're absolutely right. In four, five, six years, he won't have ten cents to rub together. Mac. Huh? My good friend, in closing, I want to say this. Tiger, why do you let your wife check out your cell phone numbers? Are, are, are you so without stones that you let your wife check out your phone numbers in your cell phone? Can you spell pussy with a capital P? Hello? You know, the only thought that's come to my mind when I hear she's getting 5 to $10 million for all of this, hell, I might have given him a BJ for $5 million. <laughs> And that rest. And wraps up this week's edition of Two Angry Men. He is the, oh my gosh, the uh, the most amazing man on the planet. Denny McLean, <laughs> along with a, a poor boy just struggling through life. Chet Kavik here in Chicago. We'll talk to you seven days with more of this uh, of this serious knockdown, dragout journalism you've come to love on Two Angry Men. So long, everybody.